0: And so, on this last sermon of 2020, we are going to look at a a sermon text that, in many ways, is not a traditional. Christmas sermon text. On Christmas Eve, we looked at Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. That's not a verse that's usually preached at Christmas. And and so this morning on the 27th, we're going to look at the next verse, Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. So let's give our attention. I'm going to actually begin in verse 19, uh, these two verses uh, that are embedded in the first chapter of Colossians, which is this wonderful hymn that Paul is quoting from. So let's give our attention to God's word. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Father, we come before you this morning and ask as we read your word, as we proclaim your word, that your Holy Spirit would be present that we would hear, listen, and be doers of the word. We ask this through the power of the Holy Spirit. And in the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, 2020 has been an unusual Christmas, probably for many of us, but I want to tell you about a most unusual Christmas, and that was the Christmas of 1914. Millions of young men, and, and really we could call them mere boys, were dug into trenches throughout Germany or throughout Europe. World War I had started, and there was a series of trenches cutting the European continent in half. On one side, of course, were the Germans, And just a hundred yards away were the British and French. And these young men were dug into these trenches. It was cold, it was frozen, and there were filled with rats and all sorts of things. And they were huddled together on Christmas Eve, dreaming of being home for Christmas, but they knew they wouldn't. And so the story goes that the British were dug in and just wasting another night. And they heard something that was both very strange, but also very familiar they heard the sound of singing coming from the German lines. And the song was still a Nacht, or what we know as Silent Night. The words were not familiar, but the tune was. And so as the Germans were singing Silent Night, the British responded not with artillery fire, they responded by singing Silent Night. And both lines were exchanging Christmas carols. And then it happened, one unnamed British soldier did the unthinkable. He took his hat off, climbed on the first rung of the ladder and held it above the trench line. Now, normally that would result in getting your hand shot and hundreds of German uh, rifles were trained on him and he climbed out of the trenches, hands up and took a step into what was called no man's land. No man's land was this area in between the trenches. It was crater filled and, and littered with dead frozen bodies. And he took one tentative step, heart racing and heart beating, towards the German lines. Not with a rifle, but with Christmas presents. And a German soldier did the unthinkable. Stepped on the ladder, climbed out of the trench, and walked towards the British lines. And before they knew it, all of the soldiers were out of their trenches, walking towards each other, not in violence, not in war, but in Peace. And the story goes, in 1914, on the Western Front, it was truly quiet. Peace had broken out all up and down the lines. There was a Christmas celebration between those who just hours before were trying to kill one another. They were exchanging cigarettes and chocolate and whatever alcohol they could find and showing pictures of their loved ones and singing songs and just playing soccer and celebrating Christmas. The, the celebrations uh, lasted throughout Christmas Day onto to the 26th, but on December 27th, which is today, it ended. They turned around, gathered up all of their stuff, headed back to the trenches. And the next day, the rifle fire and the artillery resumed. Those that were celebrating Christmas once again tried to kill each other. And for many of those soldiers, they would not see 1915, let alone Christmas 1915. Peace was elusive. It was temporary. It was just a small blip on a radar of a terrible, horrible war. Sometimes Christmas can feel like that. We we send Christmas cards that proclaim peace on earth. We sing about peace. We talk about peace. And maybe even we put down our weapons for Christmas Day. But there is a sense in which sometimes after Christmas, we march back to the trenches. 2020 has not been a peaceful year. How many times have I said that in a sermon this year? Don't don't answer that question. And, And in many ways, it's possible that we could simply say, okay, Christmas is over. Let's go back to the trenches. Paul is writing a letter, Colossians chapter one, and he's writing it from prison. And he is, in many ways, he's quoting a hymn now, Paul did not think of Christmas the way that you and I do, but we could say this is a Christmas hymn. It's the centrality of Christ, the Christ who holds all things together. Paul in many ways was a person who was not at outward of peace. He was in conflict with the Romans, always. He was in conflict with the Jewish leaders. And yet there is an anchor in his life that he can write that all of the fullness of, of God dwells in Christ and that through Christ, peace has been made, and it's real peace, and it's lasting peace. It's the kind of peace that you don't just have to trudge back to the trenches. There's a sense, and I've kind of felt this, maybe you have, that will say something like this, four more days, right? Four more days, and 2020 is over. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so there's this sense, if we can just get to 2021, everything will be better. Right? Right? Maybe. Certainly 2021 has to be a better year. Well, maybe not. If our only hope is that we get to turn the page of the calendar and there's a new year that we write on our checks, that's not a real hope. If you've been around the block long enough, you know just because you write a new date doesn't really mean things change. And so what we see as we look at these two verses this morning, and they're not traditional Christmas verses, is that we have a real lasting peace. And it's independent of what's going on around us. It's a peace that will carry into 2021 and 2022 and beyond and for all of eternity. So we're going to look at what it does it mean to be people who are marked by real peace. And so Paul says this, that through Christ, through him, he is reconciling to himself all things. So that word reconcile means to bring two parties back together who used to be friends, but now have been broken apart. And so Paul says that Jesus is reconciling not two nations that are warring, not two people, not two different political parties, but all things. Now, what falls in the category of all things? We have to ask this question, what has been broken that needs to be brought back together? Well, we're going to sing a song here after the sermon called Joy to the World, and it says this, As far as the curse is found, and that line is repeated three times, as far as the curse is found, as far as the curse is found, and how far is the curse found? Everywhere. Paul would write this in Romans chapter 8, that creation was subject to futility. In verse 22, he says, The whole creation has been groaning together in the pains or the curse of the fall. So what's included in all of creation? Well, it's a pretty long list. We don't have time to list everything, but suffice it to say that part of the creation is me. Part of that is you. Us we are a part of the fallen curse. Now, I don't know how many of you have had the opportunity this Christmas or in Christmas past to watch some of the classic Christmas movies. And, and I think about some of the classic Christian, Christmas movies. There are wonderful, and maybe that's not the right word, but some very interesting Christmas villains. So if you've ever watched or read A Christmas Carol, you know the bad guy is Ebenezer Scrooge the best Christmas movie of all time. And this is not open for debate. It's a wonderful life. It's old man Potter. And the second best movie is the Grinch. You think about those three characters, Scrooge, Potter, the Grinch. These are the guys that we like to root against. Their heart's too small. They're mean. They, they're, they're greedy. They're all of these things that we've come to know. And, and, and We don't see ourselves in them. But if we're true, if we sing as far as the curse is found, the curse is found in us. Paul would write this in Ephesians chapter two, and he would speak about the past tense before the redemption of Christ. And he would say, you are dead in trespasses and sins. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of air." that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So here's what he's saying. Before Christ, apart from Christ, you are a son or daughter of disobedience. That means you are in the category of the Grinch or Potter or Ebenezer Scrooge. And the question is, are you still there? Is the curse still on you? And so as we think about peace, it's this realization that peace begins with understanding fundamentally that we are in conflict with God. The problem is not just out there. We are the problem. We are a part of the curse. And so when I say that the world is in conflict, none of you raise your eyebrows, at least I hope not. There's conflict everywhere. A little bit of political conflict in 2020. Now, maybe turning the calendar will actually be better. There's no elections that might make things better. There's a little conflict between nations. There's a little conflict in families, but Paul would even say this, there was conflict within himself. Remember what he would write in Romans, the very things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Sin in his heart. He was at war with himself. And so the question is, how do we end conflict? How do you end two parties that are at war? Well, if it's World War I, one side has to win. One side has to have more troops, better armies, and and they have to win. You know, if it's political conflict, you know how you end political conflict? Everybody agrees with me. But, you know, you win. That's how conflict ends. One side has to win. But Jesus actually says this real peace does not come by winning, all things have to be reconciled to him. All things have to be reconciled. So if we look at this, for in the fullness of God, in him that all of the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him, through Christ, to reconcile to himself all things. And so God is saying that peace will come when God reconciles all things to him through Christ. In other words, peace doesn't come through us. We're the ones that break the peace. He's the one that makes the peace. And that means that we are in this place where we have to do one thing. And it's a four-letter word. And it's a terrible, nasty four-letter word. We have to wait. Waiting is one of the central themes of Christmas. Children know this. They start counting down to Christmas like sometime in July. How many days till Christmas? 180? I mean, some of our kids are already counting down to Christmas 2021. They're already making their lists. It's going to be a long wait. But it's not just waiting for the gifts, waiting for Christmas morning. Waiting is a part of what we do as Christians. There's this wonderful little story in Luke about a man named Simeon. And it says he was devout. And it says this, he was righteous and he was what? Waiting for the consolation of Israel. This old guy, righteous and devout, had spent his whole life waiting, not for Christmas morning, but it says waiting for the consolation of Israel. That's a strange phrase. The consolation of Israel is just a term for the Messiah. He was waiting for Jesus. Now, why does Luke through the the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, call the Messiah the consolation of Israel. Now, remember how we end conflict? One side has to do what? They have to win. Israel was on a thousand-year losing streak. They had lost to the Assyrians. Assyrians. They had lost to the Babylonians, the Egyptians, the Greeks. The, I mean, it, you name it, they lost. And they were waiting for a victory. They were waiting to win. They were waiting for their enemies to be crushed and defeated and to be consoled by being in the victory circle finally. Their enemies at this time were the Romans the conflict had to end by Israel winning. And their thought was the Messiah is going to come and he's going to win for us. And so Simeon, waiting for the consolation of Israel, takes the baby Jesus in his arms. He blesses uh, Joseph and Mary. And he says this, my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared for the presence of some people, all people, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and a glory to your people, Israel. Now the glory, Jewish people love that. But Simeon says that Jesus has not come to crush the enemies, the Gentiles. He's not come to throw them into the darkness, to trample on them, to mock them. He has come to bring them light. Jewish people didn't want that. No, leave the Gentiles in the darkness, thank you very much. That's where we've kind of want them to be. But ultimately, the answer for our conflict is not our victory. It's the light of Jesus. And so I think the challenge for us as followers of Christ is to realize this is not our kingdom. This is not our world. We are in the world. We are not of the world. We are part of his kingdom. And there is a sense as I look back at this natural time of year to reflect on 2020 and to look forward to 2021, that as Christians, we have sometimes fought the wrong fights. And I think 2020, we have fought the wrong fights. We have been so wrapped up maybe in getting everybody to agree to our politics or our way of looking at the world or our cultural view that we have forgotten that the answer is not that everybody agrees with us. The answer is the light of Jesus. I want you to imagine you could snap your fingers and that everybody, you know, you could walk up to to somebody who disagrees with you. You could snap your fingers and they would automatically agree with you. So imagine that in the days leading up to the election. All the people who didn't see politics the way you did, you could snap your finger and they would automatically agree with you. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't the world be a better place if everybody saw things the way you and I do? Even if that were to happen, all of those who are apart from Christ would still be in darkness. They would still not have the light of Christ. And not only would we not be on mission, but we would have offered them a false gospel. So, my prayer in 2021 is that we would remember who we are, remember our mission not to win, but it's to lift up the glory of Christ, the one who won by losing, by losing his life. And so what does real peace mean? It it starts with realizing we're the problem, we're the the conflict, and that the only answer is to be reconciled to Christ. In many ways, uh, if I'm honest with you, this is kind of a hard sermon for me to preach. And, and there's two reasons why. First of all, it's the two days after Christmas. Um, you know, I didn't do a whole lot of sermon prep on Friday. I did a whole lot of, you know, opening gifts and eating. And even yesterday was tough. So that there's that. And, you know, we're kind of, in some ways we're kind of done with Christmas. But the other reason it's hard is because my mind is already thinking about Easter. I know Nobody wants to think about Easter right now, but we're going to be back in Luke and we're going to be spending um, really three or four months looking at Easter. You all are going to be so tired of Easter by the time it actually comes because we're going to be spending week after week on Easter passages. But one of the reasons I love this passage is it's really the fullness of the gospel. We have the beginning which we looked at Christmas Eve, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. That's the incarnation, the birth. We have the middle, reconciliation. There's something broken that has to be brought back together. And then we also have the end. We have the blood of Jesus of His cross, uh, uh, that, that's spilled on the cross. Two verses and, and really captures the whole story. This peace that is ours, this reconciliation to God through Christ does come at a price. There's a cost to it. One of my favorite books, it's not a Christmas book, but it's called A River Runs Through It. And it's the story of a family that was living in, in, during World War I, they were living in Montana. The the father is a Presbyterian pastor and he has two boys and they're growing up on the trout rivers of Montana. And there's a scene in which these two sons have an epic fight. And the fight is over a sardine sandwich. Sometimes, sometimes. Boys fight over stupid things. And the fight breaks out in the kitchen. They're about 20 and 18 years old. And it's it's coming to blows. And mom comes running into to the kitchen because mom wants to do what? Mom wants to make peace. And she steps in front of her two fighting sons. And in the course of trying to separate them, mom takes a punch to the face inadvertently and gets knocked down, or glasses go flying. And the two boys look at mom laying on the ground, looking at each other. There's this awkward silence. And then one of them says, you knocked my mom down. And the other one though says, no, I didn't. You knocked my mom down. And they're about to go to blows again. And then mom gathers herself up and says, stop. I just slipped. Nobody knocked me down. I slipped. I slipped. then it's quiet and she says i slipped she didn't slip but none of them could face the truth that in their conflict mom went to the ground and so silently they all agreed to lie nope the story is mom slipped mom didn't get hit mom slipped jesus didn't slip his way to the cross Jesus didn't accidentally get caught up in warring people or warring nations and just find his way to the cross. He went to the cross. Paul says he made peace on the cross. And the reality that we have to face is we are the ones that sent him there. The two brothers accusing the other one. No, you mocked. mocked. No, I didn't knock mom down. We all knocked Jesus down. We all sent him to the cross and he went willingly. Again, I think of what Simeon says. He blesses them. Then he turns to Mary and he says this, behold, stop, look, listen to this. This child, Jesus is appointed for the fall. And the rising of many in Israel, a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. And so what Simeon is saying is some people will realize that their sin sent Jesus to the cross and they will repent. They will fall on their knees in repentance and in doing so they will actually be lifted up. Others will say this, I'm glad he went to the cross, crucify him and they will fall, and they will be opposed. And then Simeon looks at Mary. And what do all moms want? They want their sons to do well. And and, and Simeon says, your heart will be pierced with a sword. In other words, what we have to realize is our sin crucified and sent Mary's baby to the cross. So moms, let me ask you, if somebody came up and Harmed your child? Would you be upset? Yeah, you would. It's our sin that sent Mary's precious son. The one that she wanted to protect more than anything to the cross. So I think about those millions of young men dug into the trenches in 1914. Some of them would make it home. Some of them would see another Christmas. Many wouldn't. But eventually the war would end. 1918, 1919, they would have a peace conference and all of these documents would be signed. There was this old French general named Ferdinand Foch. And after all of the documents had been signed, he walked away and he just shook his head. He said this, this is not peace. This is not peace. This is an armistice that will last 20 years Long enough for the moms to have more sons and the armies to be filled again. And 20 years later, almost to the day, World War II broke out. Wasn't a lasting peace. It was just a temporary ceasefire. The good news this morning is if you are a follower of Christ, it's not just that you have peace with other people, but God has made his peace with you through the cross of Jesus. And if you're not a follower of Christ, there can be no peace apart from Christ. So this morning, this last sermon of 2020, and I'll be honest, I'm glad it's the last sermon of 2020. The message is this, the peace that we have is real. The curse is far, but Jesus has come and has paid the price for the curse. And we're going to sing that we respond by saying joy, joy to the world. Let's pray. Father, may we be reminded each and every day in 2021 that we do truly have peace that starts with a peace with God that has been made through Christ. And may that peace carry into all of our relationships, even our relationship with ourselves. May that be the foundation for our peace. And we pray and ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. Let me invite you to stand our call to worship this morning. Again, I mentioned that Paul would often experience the conflict that sin brings, uh, and he would experience it within himself. And so our call to worship is from First Timothy. What we're going to do is we're going to recite together this first line, and then we're going to have a time for silent confession, and then uh, we'll have the assurance of pardon. So if you would join me as we recite together this first verse, and then we'll have a time for silent confession. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Let's silently confess our sins to the Lord. Father, we confess our sins and we look to Christ, the one who reconciles all things to himself and receive now that there's an assurance of pardon. Again, from the words of Paul, that but I received mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who are to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Our final song this morning is Joy to the World. And so why do we have peace? Why do we have hope? Why do we have joy? Because as far as the curse is found, he has come to make his blessings flow. Let's sing in response.